Hello everyone, my name is Nicholas Boyd and here beside me is my partner Seth White. Hey everyone. This podcast was produced Saturday, February 1st, 2020 and we are currently located in the Paul Meek Library. The theme or topic we decided to discuss is the United States War on Drugs. When you hear about the War on Drugs, it's pretty much assumed that it was an initiative aimed at stopping the illegal use and trafficking of drugs. We chose this topic because we were both interested in it, and we both agreed that the war on drugs has been an issue that has been going on for years. So, what we decided to do for this podcast is talk about the history behind the drug war in the United States and explain the laws that were put into effect. So, we hope that you enjoy this podcast and hopefully find it useful. Many illegal drugs such as Marijuana, opium, cocaine, and psychedelics have been used for many years for medical and spiritual benefits. Drugs first surfaced in the United States in the 1800s, where opium became very popular after the American Civil War, and cocaine followed soon after. Coca was popular, uh, popularly used in health drinks and remedies. Heroin was used to treat respiratory illness, cocaine was used in Coca-Cola, and morphine was regularly prescribed by doctors as a pain reliever. According to Cohen, when Coca-Cola was introduced, cocaine was championed by doctors and psychologists, including Sigmund Freud, as a medical marvel. In the 1890s, however, the medical opinion of cocaine began to change soon as its addictive potential revealed itself, leaving manufacturers and medical reformers to call for new regulations and controls on the drug's distribution. It wasn't until 1906 when the first act against drugs were put into effect, and it was known as the Pure Food and Drug Act, which required all physicians to accurately label their medicine with the ingredients on it. Soon after that, uh, soon after that act was put into place, Stanford, uh, Stanford.edu states, the Harrison Narcotics Act of 1914 was the United States' first federal drug policy. The act restricted the manufacture and sale of marijuana, cocaine, heroin, and morphine. This act was aggressively enforced, which means physicians who were prescribing drugs to addicts on maintenance programs were harshly punished. By 1951, the Boggs Act drastically increased the penalties for marijuana use, and the Federal Bureau of Narcotics made it their job to take preventative measures to scare people by using propaganda and blaming marijuana for murder, sex crimes, and insanity. But as time progressed, government officials began to get tougher on drugs, and during the Nixon campaign in 1971, he stated, America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. He also stated, as long as there is a demand, there will be those willing to take the risks of meeting the demand. This statement basically proclaimed that all efforts of interdiction and eradication are destined to fail. Unfortunately, Nixon failed to listen to his own advice. In 1973, Nixon created the DEA, which is the Drug Enforcement Administration. They initiated Operation Intercept, which pressured Mexico to regulate its marijuana growers. The U.S. government spent hundreds of millions of dollars closing up the border to stop trade between Mexico and the U.S., which came to a virtual standstill. Mass amounts of Mexican crops headed for the United States rotted while waiting in line at the border. This came as a win for the United States, so in the end, Nixon achieved his goal of curtailing the supply of Mexican marijuana in America. However, this win was not for long. Soon after, Colombia was quick to replace Mexico as America's marijuana supplier.
This game is a slap in the face to the United States because of the money spent on closing the border just to learn that there are other ways to bring drugs into the United States. This was the first lesson for the United States in the law of drug economics. Every effort for every effort the United States government made at uh, interdiction um, since Operation Intercept has at most resulted in a rec uh, rec reorganization of the international drug trade. Heavily monitored drug routes have been rerouted and the drugs they tried to keep out can enter the United States through land, sea, and air, making it inevitable to stop the drug trade. Closing our borders to drug smugglers is an impossibility as long as the demand exists. In 1981, President Reagan gave a speech mirroring Nixon's admission um, that fighting the supply uh, side of the drug war was a losing proposition. And just like Nixon, Reagan did not take his own advice. He said, it's far more effective if you take the customers away than if you try to take the drugs away from those who want to be customers. The average annual amount of funding for eradication and interdiction programs increased from an annual average of $437 million during Carter's pre presidency to $1.4 billion during Reagan's first term. The funding, program, the funding for uh, programs of education, prevention, and rehabilitation were cut from an annual average of $386 million to $362 million. <clears throat> His demands and initiatives were focused on getting tough on drugs. The program became known as the Zero Tolerance Program, which the punitive measures against the users were emphasized. The 1986 anti-drug abuse gave the drug user full accountability and prosecuted them for possession, and they were penalized accordingly. Now, although some block grants were given for drug treatment, the rehabilitative uh, efforts were insufficient to meet the overwhelming amounts of drug abuse. These laws also helped contribute the extremely large disparity between the races of people doing drugs and the races of people getting arrested for doing them. In 1996, African Americans comprised 62% of drug offenders in state prisons. In most states, African Americans are 13 times more likely to be imprisoned for drug crime than their white counterparts, and this is despite the fact that there is no evidence of African Americans using drugs at a higher rate than whites. This seems to show a painfully clear bias in our legal system, and it logically seems to stem from Reagan era war on drugs laws. So not only was it a massive waste of funds, but it also further divided the American people along racial lines and led to inflated prison and crime statistics. To wrap things up, drugs were not always viewed as awful. They were used for medical purposes and doctors saw no harm in how their patients used them. However, as times changed, the views on drugs began to change from something positive to something negative. The War on Drugs campaign was started in order to prevent and further reduce the illegal drug trade and fight against drug dealers. These laws were put in place with the intent to reduce the level of not only drug consumption, but drug addicts. Drugs will always be a part of our culture, and therefore all methods and money put into stopping them is inevitable, which shows that the drug war itself has been nothing but a disaster. It has wasted billions of dollars and caused devastating harm to people of color. It has done this while failing to reduce drug abuse in America. Which shows that there is a racial injustice within the drug war. However, that is a different story for our next episode. In our next episode, we plan on diving deeper into that and discussing it with you. So, we hope that you enjoyed this brief history of the U.S. drug war.